Happy New Year. For me, this is a celebratory time, a time of new beginnings and reflecting on how we are becoming and opportunities for renewal and reconnections to our passions. Yesterday, we may have reflected on an ending, a year lived. It's a commonality in many cultures and traditions. For Jewish New Year at Rosh Hashanah, the year is recorded in a great book with each year adding up cumulatively for their life. And it's a reminder of how we spend our minutes is how we spend our days or weeks. And how we spend those weeks is really how we spend our months and years. And in the end, how we spend those years is how we spend our life, that one wild, wonderful life. Each of us has likely reflected on the year's end a little differently. Maybe we celebrated. Maybe we grieved. Maybe we made meetings of the year just ended. Or maybe we tied into meetings from former years. And maybe we did all of the above. Maybe we just chose to rest. Because we know rest is resistance. And there are many lessons to be learned in rest. Yet out of each ending, a beginning starts. And that is where we are today. Today is the beginning of a year. Do you feel the potential? The energy in this moment? Because joy is resistance too. And I am so grateful to be here with you today, either in person or online, and this very first day of 2023. So welcome, and Happy New Year. This is one of the points where I feel an invitation to reflect on how we spend our time, our precious time. We tend to think of time objectively, minutes, seconds, years, yet it's so much of a subjective experience, flying by in the blink of an eye or moving slower than molasses. As I learned parenting, there are days, there are times that the days are long and the years are short. There are times where it's been a long week today. In this congregation, we often recall that people tend to overestimate what can be done in one year and underestimate what can be done in 10. Moments of celebratory reflection, connection to this present, and wondering about the future and our path on days like today are an opportunity to consider that course And it's by far not restricted to today, as has been lifted up. Maybe we choose to change that course a little. Maybe we remember something we wanted to center that has kind of drifted out of focus. Or maybe we feel it's time for a pivot. We feel called for a large change of direction. As we navigate the transitions above, honoring the past year and how we lived it, I invite us to breathe and live into this moment. A colleague pointed out and invited me to welcome Carrie Newcomer's invitation into the beautiful Not Yet through her music and her album by its name. Let us reflect on what we are becoming and honor the renewal in that process. Because through our becoming and our renewal, I find myself resonating with a hope for each of us offered by another colleague, Reverend Amy Zucker Morgenstern. May you know who you have been and who you are and bless your future self 
with a loving, brave intention. I think when we live into that prayer, we are called to name both our becoming and our loving, brave intention that guides us. Our becoming is grounded in who we were, our life experiences and choices, and more. Our becoming happens as we make meaning, and our becoming happens as we let go of that which no longer serves us. Our becoming happens as we grow and change and learn. Sometimes our becoming is slow and gradual, a steady change, and sometimes it's a metamorphosis, a dramatic dissolution and reformation. And however we're becoming, we can invite that loving, brave intention to serve as the through line, the vision that guides us. May this help us make the most of the gift of each day. Following that vision into our becoming, that will mean change. And sometimes superficial, sometimes light, sometimes deep, and sometimes painful. Reverend Karen Hiring wrote a book about trusting change that grew out of the community called Thresholders. The community explored their large and small, joyful and painful life changes. Together, they found what it meant to lean in to those events as invitations into their becoming. Within the span of a week, she lost her, fa- her father into her hospice, and she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And she started writing as, Fred- as Freddie Gray died at the hands of police. During this pivot point, she decided to write her book to serve as a personal and societal or communal guide for such times. And during the writing, so many more black lives were lost. She offers the analogy of the monarch butterfly. She invites us to listen from the inside. It begins so quietly, you cannot hear it, and so small you can barely see it. Each monarch egg attached to the underside of a milkweed leaf is the size of a small white period. But that is misleading. This is not a sentence that has ended. Each of these periods marks a possible beginning. Here on the inside is where I call your attention. Like many mysteries, it happens out of sight. But listen, can you hear the humming? And I love how she honors the dissolution of the caterpillar. And she describes the imaginal disks. Imaginal disks are a group of cells that are found in insects that undergo metamorphosis. And these cells differentiate into all the structures of the adult. It's really important that the imaginal disks don't leave the caterpillar behind. That which was the caterpillar becomes the mature insect. There is a wholeness even through the metamorphosis. The adult is of caterpillar stuff. The caterpillar had the potential to be the adult within all along. Returning to Rev Rev Herring's imagine, imagine the imaginal discs that have been there all along, waiting, designed to awaken in the breakdown and and bring new shapes to the chaos, wing and eye and curled antenna, like reverse fossils from the future, They're coded for metamorphosis, for emergence when all else has been dissolved and lost. But before they take on form, 
they begin with a thrumming. Now, this highlights two things for me. First, the imaginal discs awaken in the dissolution, in the chaos. And that really rings true. In chaos, often new things are born. And second, the imaginal discs begin with a thrumming. A thrumming like I feel today. That discs vibrate with something that has never happened before in the caterpillar, and they begin to multiply. I love the call to both be open to what is new and already within us. Out of that thrumming and and replication, a second wave of differentiation happens, forming all the structures of the adult. Rev Herring said, can you feel it? The humming in this story that calls to each of us now. Are you listening to the ancient rhythms resounding between the old instructions for new arrangements, beckoning us to ask, who are we becoming? In the chaos of great change, what imaginal possibilities are waiting to awaken? In you, in me, in us, in the world. I feel that humming today because, maybe because it's actually New Year's Day. Maybe because there's a lot of chaos in 2022. Right? Maybe because things that have seemed so solid have dissolved. And maybe because I'm seeing new things emerge that may have been there all along, waiting for the dissolution of what we thought we knew the dissolution of what seemed so illusorily solid. These emerging changes now may seem new. And finally, her last question in this quote really landed with me. It reminded me of the times in my life where I really had took a hard pivot on my journey. Are you willing to let go of what you now know to become something new? It is through the actual letting go of what no longer serves us that we invite renewal. Beloveds, it isn't easy, but it is essential. In this moment, reflecting on our loving, brave intention, identifying what is emerging and then what needs to dissolve and empower, support, or even sustain the change. What do we need to let go of? Reverend Lois Van Leer's reading, titled Let Go, is a good place for me to start. Let go of all that binds you of all that burdens you, of all that you carry, of what you carry, and all that shames you, of fear, of trespasses, of transgressions, of woundedness. Let go of guilt. Let go of anger. Let go of the small-minded and pettiness, of ways of being that no longer work for you, and of compulsions that consume your living. Let go of what you cannot change. Let go of regret of that which haunts you, let go of pain, and let go of the ways you missed the mark, let go. How heavy the load we carry when we hold on to all the things that no longer work for us, if they ever did. How heavy the load we carry when we cling to the illusion that we control more than our own responses to things. Clinging to the past, both failures and sometimes even accomplishments can pull us out of living in this present moment. Clinging to the past can prevent the change that's required for our ongoing becoming to bring us to renewal. And renewal is the last point I'll touch on today. This brings me back to that celebratory joy of New Year's Day. 
I see today as a day of renewal. The dictionary definition of renewal is to make like new, restore to freshness or vigor, to begin again, replenish, and possibly make new spiritually. Renewal can be a restorative rest, renewal can be steady growth, and renewal can be a metamorphosis event that creates whole new possibilities. Just as the monarch migration takes three generations, renewal can also happen for us individually and in larger communities. I now pivot to an institutional example of renewal. As a religious institution, we are renewing our central agreements. These are described in our principles and sources and have been since 1960s, and the Article II Commission is reimagining them. The exact proposal is pending incorporation of any of that last provided input that we spoke of previously. And today, I want to highlight the metamorphosis of the covenantal structure. This is a transformative change from the list of aspirations. This will bring our covenantal tradition into our guiding documents. And beloveds, this is a metamorphic change and renewal. Paula Cole-Jones described that holding the present moment of the Eighth Principles and the becoming of the Article II, while it is different, the principles are within the wholeness of the reimagined Article II, as the caterpillar is within the butterfly. This is a type of becoming and a metamorphosis for our association. Our principles and sources have evolved over time. They were initially drafted with the creation of Unitarian Universalism, and iterative changes have been important with transformative growth in the overall structure, but they remained intact or expanded. As we move towards pluralism, the sources were created, and as we change the language to include more of us, gender and earth-based spirituality were included. This is important growth. Our new Article II proposal is a metamorphosis. The whole structure is different. And I expect to find the proposal to embody our commitment to covenant, our values and our move towards pluralism, and all of that that was within us as we have grown. The Article II Commission will present the next and final revision at the UUA board at the end of January, and then a new version will be presented at General Assembly. Whatever that final version looks like, I anticipate it will reflect the covenant, it will reflect the eighth principle, and I expect it will center the input we've received from widening the circle of concern, the voices of the marginalized. I'm anticipating a metamorphosis of our founding central covenants, and it's exciting. Like the butterfly earlier, the information to make this metamorphic change is within our association. Can you feel the thrumming? It's how it starts. The new changes embody who we already are and who we are becoming, where we want to take our journey in covenant, pluralism, and engagement. For our association, the thrumming starts with us, our beginnings, our renewal or metamorphosis, both individually and congregationally. We are the imaginal disks. Personally, the greatest source of renewal in this reconnection is connection to my guiding purpose, points of passion and communities of care. When I have my purpose and focus, my actions happen in resonance and alignment, and my energy is renewed. When I engage in learning and growth and actions that support my points of passion, my energy is renewed. 
And when I participate in communities of care and connection that support those I love, that's a source of renewal too. My energy resonates with the pattern of community and is restored. This is one of the gifts of our larger UUCF community. Within our community of communities, if what renews you is coffee and conversation, you're in luck. If what renews you is a connection to other parents who are doing their best to raise children in our divisive society, we've got that. If what renews you is a Yule celebration or a peaceful Buddhist meditation, welcome to our communities. If what renews you is a chalice group, a lunch group, a social justice project, there are so many options. And if what renews you is multi-generational engagement with music, that is inherent in what we do here in worship. In this community, we are a religious institution with vibrant spiritual practices that support our beginnings, becoming, and renewal. There is so much to fill this journey when we are, as Reverend Herring said, willing to let go of what we now know to become something new. She lifts up that every story is nested in another and another. We are held and shaped by multi-generational stories. We are also holding, creating, and shaping the multi-generational stories of the future. We are here, right now, in the metamorphosis. She invites us to wonder, will you answer the call to let go of the old, unfold into something new, cross over from the no longer to the not yet? Here, now, opening out and out, none of us alone, the journey has begun. What may look like a period is not a sentence that has ended, but another possibility beginning. Here, now, between, again, begin.